Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Brian, how you doing, man? Hey Eric, how's it going? So happy to have you on. Yeah, man. Where where are you from, Brian? I am from the province of Newfoundland. Oh, I'm half Newfie myself, actually. Oh, really? On what side? Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is, so my dad's side, he's, um, he's from Belle Island. He was born in Belle Island. Oh, wow. Interesting. See that, that's, see, this is what you got to do. You got to try to get that Newfoundland fan base. I want to see some like uh, Newfoundland flags at these concerts. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> that is, it's actually, it's actually in the, uh, game plan to go out there. It's the tricky part is it's super expensive to fly out there. So, you know, for me to bring my whole band and stuff, it would cost enormous amounts of money. Somebody's just got to pay me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, like it would cost me 10 to 15 grand just to get out there, probably. Yeah, unfortunately. I, it, it sucks because, you know, if I, was a, if I was a bigger name in the podcasting industry or in Newfoundland, I'd be saying, you know what, let's, let's set them up. Let's bring them out and yeah, let's yeah. Uh, do a Wait, lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the radar, buddy. It's, on, I'm, it's definitely my goal. I've never actually been to Newfoundland. I, I, I have seen pictures. I know it's beautiful. My family tells me about it, and it's a goal of mine to make it out there, so. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. Yeah, but, um, for, for sure. So, Eric, to, to start off the interview, I'm so glad that you made the time, of course. Let's start with no uh, a little bit of the background, because I, I'm actually very intrigued with your background in terms of, you know, playing a bit of football and then wanting to be a chiropractor, I believe, and then yep. getting into music. It sounds like you're a, a jack of all trades, and I use that <laughs> pun because I think you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's been a weird journey for me. Um, I started out. I was born in Southern Ontario, and uh, I was really into sports growing up and academics. And uh, I sort of got into chiropractic actually because my chiropractor, who was also one of my football coaches, sort of changed my my athletic career and taught me a lot about a field that was fascinating to me. So. I kind of knew from a young age that I wanted to be a chiropractor before I even knew that I could sing, actually. And it wasn't until I was about 17 that I discovered I could sing a little bit, and mm-hmm. it was something I loved to do. I started playing in coffee shops. I started playing in, in pubs, and something that I carried on throughout my university. And I last year of college, I played, I played football in college for four years at Western, and got into chiropractic school in the last year. I actually decided about a week before chiropractic school that I, I, I was going to drop out of chiropractic school and just be a singer. And so um, a lot of my family and friends are like, are you sure about that, man? I, I think, do you know what you're getting yourself into? And uh, so I, I actually changed my mind back and I went to school. Ended up loving chiropractic school, but uh, music fell by the wayside for me. I didn't really end up paying much attention to it. School was so busy. I was working 100 hours a week, it seemed. And then it wasn't until halfway through chiropractic school that – uh, an opportunity came up and it was, it was sort of a now or never moment for me where it's like, you know, if I don't pursue this or I at least give it a shot, I'll always wonder where it's going to take me. And that was, 
the end of 2013. So beginning of 2014, I put a band together. I started writing a couple songs and things have sort of snowballed since then. So here we are, I guess almost six years later. Yeah, just over six years later. I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee, doing music full time. You grew up in Sarnia, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. And then when you went to Western, I know you mentioned it for obviously for school, but how did you get your passion for football? Because come on, it's Canadian. Why isn't you picking up a hockey stick? (laughs) Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, actually, the reason uh, I liked hockey, I like playing hockey, but my family uh, couldn't afford. That's what people don't, a lot of people don't know, uh, I guess, if you're not from Canada, but. It's super expensive to do, to play hockey, and we had multiple kids in the family playing hockey, and and you know like even back then, I mean, if we're going back twenty years, a new set of pads would be five or six hundred dollars or more. God knows what it is now. A new pair of skates is probably, <laughs> I know my, I know I've heard numbers of like five hundred dollars a pair of skates now. So it's just super expensive to do, and even to do it at a high level. And I was always kind of a, uh, I, I guess I've always been a pretty intrinsically motivated person. I, I'm going to do something. I want to do it well and I want to excel at it. And I knew just based on our, uh, like based on our family's, I guess, income status, I, I wouldn't have been able to play hockey at a high level, you know, even if I was good enough. I actually, my favorite sport was basketball and that was cheap to do and I loved it. So I played that, got in football actually because my friends were doing it. In high school, I was in grade nine. And everyone's like, "Hey, we're playing football." I'm like, I don't know any. I don't know anything about the sport, but everyone's doing it, so I guess I'll do it. Put on some pads and got my ass kicked for a year, and it was. I'm glad I did. I mean, I sat, I stood there every day while an older guy just ran me over every day and just Yeesh. kicked my ass. And and so it it helped build some mental toughness. I think I, I think it was that experience of playing football that instilled in me this motivation to. I guess for self-improvement and started going to the gym. I started getting into fitness because I wanted to be stronger. I want to be faster. Uh, I went from bench warmer in grade nine to the captain of the team the next year and then captain of the team in grade 11 and 12 and then ended up getting recruited to Western to play. That was sort of how that happened. Um, you know, while my kids, well, while my kids, while my friends were hanging out at the beach, I was often going to the gym training for it. So it, I don't know. I just, I, I've always wanted to, I've seemed to have, had a sense of like being intrinsically motivated or always wanting to do well. And I always sort of felt like an underdog that's, and I still do. And I like, I, I guess from as a mindset sort of that's, that's where I operate best is from that perspective. It gives you that drive. It gives you that passion. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're talking about being like kind of self-motivated and you're always the underdog, which I've, I think is really cool. Cause when I'm doing a little bit of the, the research, like I said prior, it says here your EP hit number one on like the country's overall iTunes charts and was streamed mm-hmm. over three million times in the first six weeks. Now that's yeah. unheard of. It's really that's cool. Crazy. It's really cool, <laughs> and especially when it's yeah. like you know you're self-made singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. So like when you heard that, does that kind of floor you, or do you kind of feel like I'm not going to say justify, but more or less of, hey, we're doing something. It's working. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I was very unexpected. And since then, that that record that I put out was a long story. Like that, it was only seven songs on that record, and it put it took two years and tons and tons of money put together because I, I worked with a really great producer out in LA. But he, it was it was self funded. I didn't have a record label. I did a GoFundMe, raised fifteen thousand dollars for that, and then I, I borrowed a lot of money, took out loans. I used student loans. I used credit <laughs> cards. I, anything to make it work. And so when it got released, the response was 
was overwhelming. That record has now since been streamed over 30 million times. And I'm very, very proud of it, you know, and I was definitely shocking. It's been a, it's been an interesting like journey since then. I, I released that a year and a half ago and, and just over a week ago, I released my brand new single. It's called Dream Girl, which is doing really, really well as, as well. Like I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, I know uh, a lot of the streaming services like Apple Music, Spotify seem to be getting, getting behind it and really pushing it, which is like, we're really grateful for. And Canadian radio seems to really like it as well. There's been stations have already picked it up immediately. I, I, I don't know. We have high hopes for this one. I mean, time will tell how it does, but, but I'm really excited about it. It was written by superstars Dan and Shay down in Nashville, and uh, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to record it. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool spot to be in. Yeah, so I'm very grateful that that first record did well. I wouldn't, you know... Had it not done so well, right? Things may look very different than they do right now. So no, no, and we're definitely going to talk about Dream Girl because actually, I'm actually one of the people that went and bought it on iTunes. And hey, on my, thank you, buddy. And, and on my way to work and on my way home, I listened to it. Now, I will say that it's picky and choosy for me because uh, you know, and again, it depends on who the song's about, but sometimes right. a dream girl to somebody is someone that they'll never get, and then to some people, right. they marry their dream girl. So right. Uh, right. It, it has different meanings, but in your totally. case, in your case, I'm hoping the dream girl that you're singing about is Kelsey. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she is definitely, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I was lucky enough to, uh, to, to marry, she's my dream girl. I'm lucky enough to have married her. Uh, the song, so is she so, in the room uh, right now? Is that why you're saying not, it? No, 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 no. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't pay me to say that. No, uh, but, if she, honey, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, yeah. uh, no, uh, she's she's fantastic. But the my caveat is, I actually didn't write the song, so technically, it's not about me necessarily. So that that uh, so it's it's about maybe it's about one of Dan or Shay's dream girls. Oh, you know, that's true. Right, that's true. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's a it's a cool song. Like it's you know what's funny about this. Like side note, it's kind of serendipitous that I ended up recording this song because I was working with a really prominent writer in Nashville, and I went in that day and I had this idea of Dream Girl, and it was Dream Dream Comma Girl. It was like you know okay. now you know we used to be the idea was we you know we used to be together, but now now we're just a Dream Girl. Is okay. like the, the title. And there were the writers were like, nah, I don't really like it. It's like something else. I was like, all right, fine. Six months later, I got an email with this song Green Girl in my email. And I was like, oh, hmm. I, never, I had that idea once. <laughs> Listen to the song. is the exact idea, pretty much, a concept of what I had kind of come up with six months earlier, but done way better than probably what I would have done. It yeah. says here in an interview that like people will come up to you now and ask you to even perform your own songs. So like what mm. kind of songs do they ask you, like which songs in general are they asking you to perform? Mm. Well, I think where that portion of it comes from is like, I cut my teeth in bars for years <laughs> playing in like, like pubs and bars, like for 10 years, uh, just people would come up and ask me to play anything like play free bird. You, know, you get the guy, one guy every night who says that. And, that was uh, me. Sorry. Yeah, about that. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, it was you, was it? Oh man. I knew it. So that, you know, but learning to, to do that, like, I wouldn't say there's one specifically, but there people would get me to, you know, like request anything from like a, a, the latest pop song or the latest Justin Bieber song or a Bruno Mars song or whatever. Ah, and, okay. and sometimes I would try and make it work. Oftentimes I would just play stuff <laughs> that I like to play. But so that's kind of where that came from, you know, in the other major cover that I did was on my first record. It was a song called California, which was a cover from a 
pop Canadian pop song in 2001 that went number one on the charts and it was from a band called wave. So we re redid it and covered it as a country song. And it, I think it's streamed like five or 6 million times now, which is really cool. Uh, did well, did well for us. So, um, that was, I'm really proud of that one. I think like the, our interpretation of it, uh, did really well. It's one of our biggest songs in our live show. People really love that tune. So yeah, it, it worked out. Uh, now, see, you just really moved up in my books because I, I'm gonna die. I, I'm gonna <laughs> let you in on something here. I actually have two wave CDs in my no closet. Way. That's um, crazy. I'm yeah. writing. I was writing with <laughs> Dave Thompson of Wave this afternoon. That's oh really? Oh wow! Before, right I, before I, this interview, that's who I was writing with. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, right. when when you when you meet Dave, tell him that I'm looking forward to uh, speaking to him at someday for my podcast. Perfect. I love okay. Dave. Yeah. He's a great uh, guy. Yeah, like I, I mean, and I, I'll just back it up a little bit here too, because like when you mentioned the song there that you were performing, when I was younger, I loved Waves California, and it's a song that anytime I hear it on the radio, it's instantly, it's it's awesome, and I love it. And for when you mentioned that, it was just like <laughs> I got so excited because when someone mentions Wave or something that's so obsolete or something that you you don't even think about, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the other one I want to talk about too is this song making me crazy because you you talk about pushing boundaries that you were kind of worried I guess that some country stations weren't comfortable with it why were you what makes this song so I guess a little bit controversial or a little bit drawing those lines this song at the time so we released that in 2018 mm, no end of 2017 so just over two years like country's changed drastically in the last two years and at the time just the production so when everybody was going to nashville to produce their songs because everyone wanted to sound like nashville i went to la and vancouver to produce my songs and like my producer produces out of both la and vancouver so we that's what we did for that song specifically so the production that he would do he's, he's he was a pop producer and a rock producer and i figure if I'm going to stand out from the crowd. How do I sound different, right? If everyone's going to go over here and do this, well, I'm just going to go do the opposite sort of thing. It, it, it's, it can backfire though, especially in the music industry. Uh, it, it can backfire. You can get people who are looking for a certain thing are going to, are going to push back. So that, and that, and that's, I was fully aware of that when I did this record. Right. But my producer has a long track record of having many hits and selling sit hits and selling millions of records. And, and I think he's, you know, he's got, he, he has, he knows when something's good and when something's not good. And, uh, so now it turns out, it's funny, like a couple of years later, all these artists from Nashville are now going to produce out in LA because they'll want to get something different out of there. Right. So ahead the curve, so, ahead the curve, ahead of yeah. the curve, technically speaking, it was, it was at the time, nobody was going to LA at that time to produce country music. Nobody was doing it or out in Vancouver. Right. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Vancouver was like a big hub for rock music back in like the 2000s with like Hinder, Chris Daughtry, uh, Nickelback. Like that's, it was all produced in Vancouver. Okay. So no, I did. My producer that's was interesting. Yeah. My producer was, yeah, that's where my producer was from. Like that's, that's what he, that was his, his, that's where he grew up. And that's what he, that's, those are the things he worked with. He created Hinder, the band. I don't know if you remember Lips of an Angel. Oh but, yeah, I do. I, I, um, I mean, we could, we could lip sync it, but yeah. I'm not going to make you lip sync. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that so like that was that was his first big song he wrote that song he created the band he, he uh yeah and that song was the biggest song in the world that year so 
he was the guy who produced my first record. Okay. Um, so there, there's some people that will love him. There's some people that will hate him for that reason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's, Hey, he knows, man, the guy knows how to make hit songs. So Brian Howes, he's fantastic. But, um, anyways, back to the production of that song specifically, we're doing stuff in that song where like we did like, uh, the first, like, for example, just li- if you listen to it, the first chorus is actually sort of a drop chorus where most people, everything ramps up in the chorus. So everything is louder, everything, you know, that that's pretty obvious. We actually, you can hear it's like just piano when the chorus hits. Like, she's making me crazy, everything, just piano. Everything drops out pretty much. And, and all you hear is this big, low-end sub with that. Nobody was doing that in country music in 2017. And then we were throwing on three- and four-part harmonies on the chorus which you know which was interesting at the time so and another thing that is different about my music is the way that i sing stuff sometimes so uh we don't do it in dream girl but making me crazy we do it in gasoline we do it which is the other new single and i use a lot of falsetto which is just singing really high in my voice which traditionally a lot of country music is sung lower in the lower registers of males voices dan and shay are different because Shay Mooney sings super high. He's, I think he's a soprano. So, and R- Rascal Flatts is like that too, right? Where they, that's why they were different because they sing. Yeah, they're yeah. Great singers and they sing super high. Makes them different. And and in the music industry and in any industry, really, you have to figure out what is it that makes you different. Um, and that can take a long time to figure out. But but once you find that, that's a, you know that's the key to creating something that people want to be a part of and i think it's and again like to to kind of uh praise you for that i think it's really interesting that like you're aware of this and that you're like you know knowing what you're capable of and going and proving it to people right because like i said when when i think of country music and exactly like you said like rascal flat sticks out for reasons sky mcgreary is the classic deep voice right right? and we have one especially you know being canadians uh the one that comes to to mind now of being a little bit of a different voice is tenille towns um so it's it's really cool and it's awesome Mm -hmm. that even even with the the song dream girl you mentioned like when i hear that i'm like this this is good this guy is going places and if if this is the the start i want to see where it finishes but <laughs> thanks man hopefully not anytime exactly soon. <laughs> no exactly so just to kind of close it off if you're cool with it uh i want to talk a little bit about how you met kelsey how it all came to be because i know you guys were married not too long ago yeah we just got married uh right around congratulations uh, thank you so much yes i am officially it's official now i'm the luckiest guy in the world so yeah she's you know she's fantastic i i met her Oh, several years ago now, um, just through the CCMA Discovery Program, which was uh, essentially like an artist development program through the Canadian Country Music Association, and uh, I was I won the I won that award that CCMA in 2016. Okay. And the the tradition was the previous year winner has to hand it to the following year winner and uh so i was handing off the award and kelsey was the one who won it in the following year so that's essentially how we met was through that program and uh, but it wasn't until almost like a year and a half later that we actually started dating but i like i i knew right away that i wanted to when we started dating i was like yep like i gotta go pick out a ring because <laughs> I, I knew uh you know she's the love of my life so and so we were we weren't in date very long we we dated for a few months and then i proposed and then we got married a few months later yeah and, 
I knew what I wanted, you know? It, so. It's it's interesting because it's, I know there's going to be people that will take this out of context, but it's just more or less like when you mentioned about handing off the, the award, mm. it's almost mm. like it's a trophy wife, in a sense. Ah, <laughs> I never thought about that. No, but don't I, tell her that. Don't tell uh, her that. No. That's, I did, that's funny. Uh, no, I definitely don't look at her like that. But, no, no, but for yeah, sure. Of course, of course, but that's, I never, that's funny. Yeah, uh, it's it's like it's like yeah. How did you, how did you meet your wife? Well, actually, I was handing over this trophy, and she's my trophy wife. And they're like, "Excuse yeah, me?" It's like, "No, yeah. no, not like that." I didn't mean it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll just yeah. <laughs> it's a funny way to put it. Yeah, you're good yeah. at puns, man. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Eric Effridge for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, if you haven't checked out Eric's cover of California by Wave, do so. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening, and good night. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is something, something you do. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.